Good morning, everyone, and it's so lovely to welcome people from Zimbabwe. <laughs> Feels like home. And we're continuing our series on transformation, and, and we don't just want this to be a time of information where you come and you get something, you go home and you forget about it. We really want the Lord to take you and transform you. And, and so I've got a question to start today's um, talk What's God's goal for your life? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought God's actually got a goal for your life? You're not just muddling through until he calls you home. He's got a goal for your life. And here's a wonderful scripture. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And will dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20. He's standing at the door of our hearts. He's knocking and he wants to come in. But the handle's on the inside. He's not got a handle to force it over and go, right, here I am. Pay attention. Sit up. It's on the inside. We've got to invite him and we've got to want to have that relationship with him. So do you long to hear Jesus' voice? Do you want to really know him, to experience his love so profoundly that he transforms your life? If we truly want to follow Jesus, we must follow him the way he followed his father. Jesus gave them, his disciples, this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. John 5.19, he just does what his father does. That's the close relationship. He was fully human, but fully God. On the Mount of Transfiguration, God told Peter, James, and John to listen to Jesus. While he, this was Peter, was going on like this babbling, doesn't that just sound like Peter, a light radiant cloud enveloped them, and sounding from deep in the cloud a voice, this is my son, marked by my love, focus of my delight, listen to him. Matthew 17, 5 from the message. Listen to him. That's how we're going to find his goal for our lives. Listen to him. God's word is still the same for us today. Listening is not about acquiring greater skills, but about an intimacy with God that will enable us to hear his voice and truly know his presence. If you hunger to hear his voice, and thirst for intimacy with God, know that he has something in store for you. Jesus promises, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Matthew 5, 6. For many of us, all we want in our Christian walk is a journey of discovery that will change our lives But for most of us, we're not experiencing it. 
have you ever felt stuck in your relationship with God? I know I have. The truth is, we're being spiritually formed every day. But is it the kind of formation that we really want? Is it the kind of formation that God really wants? We transformed every day, and often for the worst. We're bombarded by influences, some good, many bad, constantly seeking us to form us into the world's mold. To counter this influence, many serious followers of Jesus make intentional efforts to avoid these negative influences by focusing on studying scripture, attending church regularly, doing acts of kindness, and so on. We work on being more loving, serving God better, praying more faithfully, or working harder at being a good Christian. But the sad truth is, we often feel more disappointed after such efforts in growing in spiritual formation and closer to God. Somehow, we just seem to be missing something. I think in the Alpha course, they talk about a donut-shaped hole in our hearts that only God can fill. The problem is, we have not realized that God's goal for our lives is simply a love relationship with him. I'm going to say it again. God's goal for our lives is simply a love relationship with him. For those of us that have the blessing of being married, it's a love relationship. If we go into it with what we can get out of it, how it will benefit us, what we're going, it doesn't work, does it? We want to have that love from our partners, our husbands, our wives, And we want to love them in that way too. It's a two-way relationship. And that's just what God wants. He just wants us to love him because he loves us. It's that simple. There's the goal for your life. Done. Why should our love relationship with God be the foundation of our spiritual growth? A scan of the scriptures reveals the simple but often overlooked truth. God created us, he lives in us by his Holy Spirit because he loves us and he wants a love relationship with us. A love relationship with God is foundational in the Old Testament history from the creation story where he created Adam and Eve and then he sought them when they hid. He said, where are you? Where are you? It wasn't like, where the (coughs) are you? Where are you? Where are you? I want you to be with me. I want you to love me. I want this relationship right from the beginning, even when they hid from him. And if you're in that place where you've been hiding from God, he's there going, where are you? Where are you? He just loves you. It goes right through Moses and the covenant, the prophets, God's chosen people, the Psalms, everything. The Old Testament is just full of God constantly reaching out in love to his people. And we hear so many times when his people turned against him, how he just cries out and cries out and he wants them to come back to him. He wants that love relationship 
with him. That's why he created us. That's our goal and our purpose, to love him back. It continues in the teaching of Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament, the centrality of living in God's love, loving him in return. It's the heartbeat of our Christian faith, and it's summed up in the famous words that we all know of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He so loved the world that he gave. Jesus died on the cross, the son that he gave, to redeem us in God's love, not just to save us for heaven, fix us, deploy us, or shape us. God has not loved us so we can accomplish something for him. He's just loved us for his own sake and ours. The focus of this goal is God himself. What a wonderful realization to know that God does not have an ulterior motive in his relationship with us. He's not only to get something out of us. He's not saying, come to me and then I'll make you do this, I'll make you do that, you'll have to do this. It's not conditional. His relationship with us is just loving intimacy with God in Christ. And this has such a transforming effect on every aspect of our lives. When Jesus was asked about the most important thing we can do, he responded with the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. It's clear in Scripture that God's ultimate goal for your life is for you to live fully and freely in his love and to respond by loving him as well. He has no ulterior motives. He just wants you to be his son, his daughter, his friend, his co-worker in love. Just love. Understanding this truth and then living it out are two different things. Too many times in my frustration at not hearing God in prayer for some productive purpose, in other words, I want to hear him telling me what I want to do is good, he's had to say to me, Jill, you mean I'm not enough for you? I was embarrassed to admit I didn't just want to be with God and love him. I wanted something out of him. And when I didn't get it, I was grumpy. I found I'm not the only person who has this struggle. I also think it's useful to distinguish two levels of God's call to relationship with him, relating to being and doing the loving and serving aspects of our relationship with God, Jesus first calls us to love him. We saw that in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Our ability to follow and serve Jesus depends on the depth of our love relationship with him. Unfortunately, in our culture, we value doing above being. We tend to focus more on serving him than loving him, doing more than being being. And Jesus issues a stern warning about this in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and verses 3 to 5. 
He says to the church, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. I just think that's such a warning to us. I'm sure for all of us, when we came to know God, when we came into that love relationship with him, when we were accepted as his son, his daughter, his child, it was such a love relationship. It was so exciting. Have we grown a bit tired and weary? Have we become a bit disillusioned? Is it now something that we just do? We need to get back to that place where he's our first love, where he's the first thing that we want to talk about and talk to in the morning. He should be in everything that we're doing and saying. In considering the goal of my relationship with God, I also struggled with the fear of navel-gazing. I've just got so into the spiritual transformation and, and into meditation and in seeking his face and being in his presence. And then I start thinking, oh my goodness, is this a danger? Will I become so inwardly focused with my relationship with God and that I could forget the Great Commission to go and evangelize and disciple new believers? And, and we need to be reminded of this Great Commission from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. I'm sure we all know it. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. But is there danger that we've taken this and now we're going to go out, we're going to save the world, we're going to tell everyone about Jesus, we've got our five-point plan and the Roman road and all the little techniques we've been given, but what about the love? Why are we doing this? To notch up our belts and go, I got someone saved or I told someone about Jesus. No, we're doing it because we love him, because we know how we benefited from this love relationship with him. And we just want other people to have that love, to have that joy, to have that peace, to know the truth. And to be set free, we can't contain it. That's why we're doing it, out of love. And then I also worried, oh, if I'm just spending my time loving the Lord and spending time in his presence and talking to him, could I also neglect the poor and the lost and the marginalized? Because we were told not to do that. And this is an important question that we all need to ask. What motivates us to share the good news, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, care for the mentally handicapped, the homeless, the poor. It's because we're created in God's likeness. So it's natural for us to be moved by the needs of others. Jesus was. We often read in the Gospels, Jesus was moved by compassion. Like Jesus, our care for the suffering is intended to be more than just human compassion. It's the work of God in us and through us. It's the love of God working in our hearts, transforming us from the mold of the world and the deformation of sin. 
we're set free from, by God's love to love our neighbor. We love because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. An authentic love relationship with God will always result in love for others. I'm sure you've come across people that you find very difficult to love in your own strength. But when we see Christ in them, when we know they were created in God's image, we can see the Christ in them, even if it's sometimes really hard to find. But that's how we love. We love with the love of God. And evangelism is simply the outpouring of God's love through us to others who need to know his love. So I hope you've gained some clarity on God's goal for your life with him from this message. God transforms our hearts so that we're able to live in his love in greater degrees of intimacy. In this nearness to Jesus, our very being becomes more like Jesus and we're increasingly able to relate to the Father through the Holy Spirit as Jesus does. And in this love relationship, the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are made manifest in us and they bring blessing to others and glory to God. And I want to do something very different this morning. And so I hope you will bear with me and you will join in with me. One of the ways I've learned to be intimate with God is by having a dialogue with him and writing down what I want to say to God and then writing down what God says to me. And the first time I was taught this, I just about flipped, that there is no way I can sit down and write, hi God, so and what do you want to say? And then God's going to say something to me. But I was so excited that maybe this might work, that I tried it, and it was absolutely incredible. He just answered me, and he spoke to me like a friend. And, and if you've got a prayer partner like I have, that you can just be open and honest with, we talk to each other, and the words come out, and the answers come back. And God's like that. And I have a wonderful friend and spiritual director who lives in America. She was the one who taught me this technique. And um, she was sharing with me one of the discussions she had with God and God's answer. And I said to Orval, please can I share this with the church to give them an idea? And she's given me permission. And so, believe it or not, I'm going to be Val, and Mark's going to be God. Now, don't get any ideas. You all know he walks with his feet on the ground. But I do want to say he's been Jesus before. Because when we were in Malawi and we did a play, Mark was Jesus, and he was a very, very good one. So I hope he's going to be a good God now. But please, just try to see it. So this is called How to Talk to the Lord. And I'll read what Val wrote. And then Mark will read what God said to her. So, Val says, I was reading my daily devotion, and this verse brought tears to my eyes. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Numbers 6, 26. I decided to talk to the Lord about it. It's so hard for me to see you smiling at me. 
I heard the beloved's voice. Why are you feeling sad? Because it's so hard to see you smiling at me. Is that because of some of the things you are suffering? I really don't know. I think it's more that I feel like I'm falling short all the time and just not good enough. I feel like if you weighed me in the balance, I'd be found lacking. I feel like when I see you looking at me, it's more of a watching way. I don't necessarily see delight in your eyes. No, not at all. I don't know why I see like that. Then you are not seeing me correctly, child. I look upon you with eyes of great love, far beyond what you can imagine. You're right, Lord. Only I'm not imagining it at all. I am greater than your conscience, greater than your view of things. I have an eternal perspective. I see you as you are, which is wholly righteous and beloved. And I see you as you will be, glorious, beautifully adorned with grace and beauty you see. I don't see you as lacking, not now and not when you are with me in heaven. You have been made righteous by the blood of my Son, and I can see you in no other way. Where you see yourself lacking, not good enough, even a failure, I see someone very different. I see my darling daughter. My dearly loved child, you are entirely beautiful and beloved. It's so hard for me to believe. I really want to, Lord. It's just so hard to. Seek to align your vision with mine. My vision is perfect and unoccluded. I looked up occluded and it meant blocked, clogged, obstructed, to close up, conceal. That was an interesting word to use. So my vision is obstructed, closed up, concealed, blocked. It can be like that, child. You see through a dark glass, and since you can't see much through a dark glass, it is easy to see what you assume is there. It is harder to see what is actually there. I want you to seek, me, seek to know me better, so that even when you can't see through the dark glass, your inner vision can be more aligned with mine. I want that too, Lord, but I don't know how to do it. Seek my face with your inner eyes. Seek to know me. I have revealed myself to you. I continue to do so. I will always show, my, show you myself when you search for me. I want you to know me as I truly am. Seek to know me as I truly am not as your projections, the projections your misguided thoughts and overactive conscience says I am. It is really hard, Lord, when you look through a dark glass. Yes, it is harder. Let my word clarify my character and intentions. Allow my spirit to breathe life and revelation to your weary heart. Seek to look upon the face of my son, for it is my face you will see there. I know you are going through a lot right now. It is easy to feel as if I don't care or I am unavailable. I want you to stand against these terrible distortions that you are not like me at all. 
I want you to see me clearly with your inner eyes. You can know me. I have promised it in my word. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. John 14:16 to 17. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love, love them and reveal myself to each one of them. John 14, 21. In my reading today, it says, As you ponder the miraculous truth that I live in you, let your heart overflow with joy. I am not a short-term tenant, indwelling you only as long as your behavior pleases me. I have come to stay permanently. I warn you, though, that my renovations can be quite painful at times. When my transforming work in you causes intense discomfort, cling trustingly to me. Live by faith in the one who loved you and gave himself for you. As you continue yielding to the changes I'm making, you'll be more and more fully the masterpiece I designed you to be. And earlier, I read, I joyfully move into believers' humble hearts where I work patiently on renovating them, but I refuse to dwell in people who think they are good enough without me. And that's been a resonating thought. I am not good enough on my own. That's the point. These thoughts are all on such a deep level. They are almost subverbal. I hope that was a good experience for you, just something that Val wrote and what God said back to her. So you will notice that our breakout groups are going to be a little bit different today. Normally we put up questions about the message and then you'd be discussing them in your groups. Today I want you to spend time, and for those of you that are at home, would you get yourself a paper and a pen, and would you try this? And on your tables are papers and pens, and there's extra paper on every table if you need more. Won't you just trust the Lord to speak to you? Won't you just spend time and just write to him, just talk to him, and just let him talk back to you? Don't force it, don't try to put any words in just let it flow. And then we'll do about 15 minutes of this, and then we'll come back together and perhaps just share your experiences. So for those that are on the YouTube streaming in, we're going to say goodbye to you now. God bless. And I do pray you will try this dialoguing experience with God in your own time and that it will bless you and it won't just be a one-off, but it'll be a way of talking to him of knowing how much he loves you. And remember, the goal for your life is just love. That's what his goal for you is, just to love him, to be in a love relationship with him. So we'll say goodbye to our YouTube and to those of you in the building. Would you spend some time now dialoguing with God? Give it a go. Thank you.